Hello, my fellow deplorables. This is Don Purdom, and welcome back to the Don Purdom Show. Well, today, Hillary has done it again. She has insulted deplorables once again. It's amazing. You would think that after losing an election, you would kind of figure something like this out. But no, not Hillary, because Hillary has everybody else to blame but herself. But wait a second. Oh, I forgot. She takes responsibility. Hmm. Yeah, not so much, right? She only takes responsibility for the fact that she was the candidate, but not responsible for anything that went wrong while she was the candidate. Well, yesterday she basically came out and said that you, my fellow deplorables, are naive, gullible, and were played by a complex data mining operation. <laughs> Where does this stuff end, folks? You, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, at the end of the day, basically she insulted those of us who are hardworking, financially struggling, just trying to make it Americans, who are stupid enough to be sucked in by Donald Trump. Now, I beg to differ with that, and I'm going to share why throughout the remainder of this podcast. Why? Because the fact of the matter is, is there were so many reasons that those of us who voted for Trump gravitated to him from the very first day that he announced. And it's amazing, as we go through this laundry list of things that she talked about yesterday, how she tried to take all of the stuff that happened in the campaign and warp and twist it. So let's jump into it. What exactly did Hillary Clinton say? What exactly did she do? I mean, this is absolutely hysterical, folks. This is some of the funniest stuff I've heard in a very, very long time. She basically started out by saying that her email issue and the server was the biggest nothing burger ever. Now, number one, who says nothing burger? But that's, I guess, another conversation for another day. <laughs> um, the bottom line here is, is that the email and the server is a significant issue. Number one, when we sit back and we think about it, your email's compromised because you use passwords like password and make things so obvious that there are hackers out there that would love to do nothing but break into your systems, especially if you're Hillary Clinton or the Democrat National Committee, or the Republican National Committee, or a congressman, or a senator, or a president, or anybody like that, a, a CEO of a company. And that list kind of goes on and on. And they're always looking for vulnerabilities. And the fact of the matter is John Podesta was just silly, just stupid that he would use the word password as his password. Who does this kind of stuff? And... He opened up the whole system to the DNC. Well, the, we'll come back around to that in just a little bit. But I think the point here to make is, is that you put a server in your home. You had a server before it was in your home sitting in a closet in a bathroom in, in Colorado. Now, what was going through that server as, as, as her being Secretary of State was highly classified information. She can say all she wants that there was nothing classified at the moment that she did it, and that's still a lie, because when she had her briefings, as she was sworn in to Secretary of State, all the documents that she signed, it is assumed that everything you say and do is classified until it's not. 
Folks, I had a confidential clearance back in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, when I served in the United States Navy and I worked around submarines. And I can tell you, I saw guys with top, top secret clearances and they didn't talk about anything except for when they went to the bar and they had a little bit too much to drink. And do you know what happened? There were Russians that were in those bars and they were spies. They were trained to do nothing but blend in, sit down with a drunk sailor and start asking questions and the drunk sailor would give it up. And I can tell you, I, I know that there were um, Navy investigative service personnel in there that were charading as maybe these Russians, I don't know, but they would sit down and they'd start pulling top secret information out of these sailors that were drunk and off they'd go to jail and you'd never see or hear from them again. Folks, the stuff they were sharing is minuscule, it's tiny compared to what Hillary Clinton was putting out through that server and in her emails. It was reckless and dangerous, as James Comey said, but more than that, it really was criminal. And I think most Americans who have been around any type of clearance from the U.S. government, whether you in the military or wherever you were, understand and know that what she did was a serious breach of her duties. And responsibilities. She should have been prosecuted for what she did, but because she's Hillary Clinton, she got away with it. And most people in America know exactly what happened there. Well, after she got done talking about the biggest nothing burger ever, then she turned and she blamed the New York Times. You know, she basically said that they covered the email and server story like it was Pearl Harbor. Those are her words, not mine. She, the, the New York Times, really? Because it seemed to me that the New York Times was kind of covering most of this up. They didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want anything to do with it. It was Hillary Clinton that kept opening that door, forcing them to report about it. If she hadn't have been so reckless, if she hadn't have decided to set up a private server and use private email the way she did, she wouldn't have had this issue. And she can say her predecessors had a private email, and of course we know Colin Powell did, but Colin Powell said he never had a server and he never passed classified information freely through it like she did. And he's never been under investigation for it. Then, one of the best ones of all, is that, of course, the Russian interference. Well, she's basically claiming that the Russians paid Macedonian hackers to go in and they were the ones who hacked and stole all of the emails and then they created from those emails fake news and then those fake news articles and websites started appearing on Facebook. So let me get this right. Instead of John Podesta taking care of his business the way he should have, somehow something no one's ever heard before about now Macedonian hackers are the ones who created the fake news that brought down her campaign. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Then she says, of course, they put the whole thing to bed. The whole thing's been put to rest. There's no more issues around the email and the server. And by July, it had all been put to bed. And then in October, boom, it's back again, thanks to James Comey. New revelation that we're opening the investigation again. So now she blames James Comey. He's the problem. And here's one I think is really interesting that she said. I, I mean, she, she literally said that she inherited nothing 
from the Democratic Party. She turned her guns completely on the Democratic Party, who basically rigged the whole primary for her. They rigged the whole thing against Bernie Sanders. It, it, what? Where will this woman go? What will she do? It's unbelievable. So she says she inherits nothing from the Democratic Party. She goes on to say that it was bankrupt and on the verge of insolvency until she stepped in and how, you know, she helped resurrect their financial situation. And then she further went into the fact that, well, her fact anyway, that the data that the DNC owned was mediocre to poor and it was wrong. And then she had to put more money into beefing up the data and the information. So let me get this straight. That data kept you from listening to the people around you, Hillary, who told you, don't ignore Wisconsin, don't ignore Michigan, and don't ignore Pennsylvania, and you did. I live in Pennsylvania, and I only live about 45 minutes from Hershey, Pennsylvania, and I can remember at least three, maybe four times that Donald Trump was in Hershey giving a rally. I only know or can re recall two times that Hillary came to Pennsylvania and the the last one of those two was the night before the election when she brought Beyonce and Bon Jovi and all these people in to Philadelphia in front of Independence Hall where she had a big concert and that didn't help her any, did it? See, you could drive all over p parts of Pennsylvania and all you would see is a wave of Trump-Pence signs, make America great again. They were everywhere. And for every hundred signs, you'd see one Hillary sign. That's how I knew Hillary was in trouble in Pennsylvania, by the number of signs that were just littered all over the place for Donald Trump. There was something clearly going on here. And then this is another interesting part of this, that supposedly the Democrats have the most complex data I mean, that's what we were told, right? They had the greatest data, the most complex data. They knew anything and everything, and they had the best ground game that had ever been had before. We were told that all the way up till Election Day. It's the ground game. They're going to turn out their ground game. They have the best ground game. And yet, here's Trump. He's just winging it. He doesn't have a real, you know, formalized political structure like the Democrats do. He's relying on the Republican National Committee to basically run all of that. And he's just out there blitzing. He's just winging it. He's going from one event to another event. Instead of event, maybe I should say rally. He's going from one rally to another rally to another rally. And everywhere he goes, tens of thousands are showing up. Or he's packing out stadiums. There are moments Hillary couldn't even get 100 people to an event. How are we supposed to interpret this, Hillary? You keep saying it's everybody else's incompetence but yours. And yet you claim that the most incompetent man to ever run for office beat you. And somehow the forces of all of these other things were stacked against you. Now, my fellow deplorables, here's the most amazing part of all of this. Here's where she gets down to the gritty and then she insults you over and over again. Really, at the end of the day, this is the heart of it. She went on to say that Trump really understands how to inflame people. 
and and how to bring out the worst in people and yet at the same time bond with them over whatever their grievance is, whatever their resentment is or their point of anger that they may have. And then she went on to list them. Maybe it's race. Maybe it's sex. And by sex, I think she meant gender. Um, she could have also been talking about LGBT stuff in there. I don't know exactly what she was thinking, but I'm going to guess that was part of it. So she says race, sex, uh, xenophobia, anti-Islamophobia, and whatever else there is. Tell me that is not unbelievable, folks. So you're going to tell me that he was smart enough to divide people, to unite them, to vote for him. She completely missed the boat. She completely missed the entire thing. It had nothing to do with that. And I'm going to share with you in just a second what it was that triggered most people who voted for Barack Obama two times to come back and vote for Donald Trump. But the thing is, before I do that, she blamed everyone and everything but herself. She took responsibility for being a candidate, but she didn't take responsibility for the things that happened to the candidate because of the candidate. You know, and if you think about it, did the people in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, and Wisconsin care about the things that she just listed? I mean, at the end of the day, the answer to that question is absolutely not. We really didn't. All the things that I just listed, the emails, the servers, the, the, whole, um, the whole issue with maybe the Democratic Party, and I don't even think that was an issue because we didn't even know she was thinking that, and I don't think she was in those moments anyway. I think that's retrospective, and she made that most of that up. But, but the deplorables comment, that one definitely was a motivator in those states. But for the most part, no. However, her, her behavior absolutely reinforced what people already believed about her, that she's an opportunistic, conniving person who craves power. And most people already said, oh, well, when I say most people, I mean overwhelmingly most people already said they didn't like her and didn't trust her as a candidate. And then when she called us deplorables, yeah, I think that just motivated Trump to get a hardcore base that was not going to leave him at that point. At that moment, there was nothing that she could have said or done that would have turned those forces around. She was done. That, that was it. That was it. That's all it took. And then she turns around again yesterday, and she does it again. And she's just, and she just says that America, you know, I'm going to insult you again, America. She said that we have to be stupid to be sucked in. Isn't that unbelievable? Absolutely unbelievable. And she wonders why she lost. So let's talk about why she lost. Let's talk about the real reasons that Hillary Clinton lost. So, a couple of reasons. Number one, for the previous eight years under Obama, 
we had a lot of name calling. Basically, if you didn't agree with the president, meaning President Obama, you're probably a racist. If you didn't give the president what he wanted, you're on the wrong side of history. If you didn't go along with the most extreme liberal president in the history of the United States, well then, I'm just going to cram what I want down your throat. And if I can't do it legislatively, I'll do it through regulation. Now, what was the impact of all those things, from Obamacare to environmental regulation to labor relations regulations and on down the line? If, if I remember right, there was $2 trillion worth of regulations that were implemented on the U.S. economy. $2 trillion sucked out of the U.S. economy thanks to unnecessary regulations and Obamacare. What did that do? That created economic woes. Companies no longer were interested in investing in the United States. Many companies, like Pfizer, left the United States and went and relocated their headquarters to another country in Europe. Unbelievable. Why? So they could keep more of the money that they make. Now, we can call companies greedy all we want, but the fact of the matter is, from the sole proprietor, small business owner, all the way up to the largest corporation in this country, businesses aren't start started so that they could give all their money to the government. They're started so that the people who took the risk starting those companies could get a reward for it. That they could make healthy profits. And some companies love profits more than others. Some companies are more greedy than others. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give you that. I'm not, I'm not going to dispute that as reality. Sometimes I think we don't have the same capitalism in America that we had, say, in the early 1900s or even after the Great Depression. It has definitely got a lot stronger greed component to it now. However, jobs, jobs, jobs. Look at all of the corporations that laid off people. Um, they tried to claim that unemployment was coming down through the Obama years, you know, from that, what was it at one point, nearly 7%, I think, 6% anyway, and it was coming back down under 5% when he left office, but what they didn't want to talk about were the 94 million people that were no longer in the workforce. They were no longer eligible for unemployment benefits and therefore were not counted in the unemployment number. It was a huge, huge problem. All those people that were forced to retire, that still were able or wanted to work, that were older, all the middle-aged and younger people that couldn't find jobs, they had to settle for a $10 an hour job somewhere else. Folks, it was one bad policy after another. And all Donald Trump did was expose what people were already feeling, that your way of life is being threatened. The whole idea of America is under threat. A country where you should, if you have a dream, you should be able to follow that dream. But because we're more interested in social justice, then those things are put on the back burner or they're even... Dis discouraged. It's bad policy. Bad policy translated completely 
into economic chaos in the United States. The, Obama was the first president in the history of the United States that at least in one year of his entire presidency did not experience 3% GDP. Our growth has been more than anemic. We were 1% last year. And an economy cannot expand and grow at 1%. It's impossible. And Hillary Clinton wonders why she lost when she's embracing the same exact policies of Barack Obama. The same policies that people in Pennsylvania and Ohio and Michigan and Wisconsin felt was a complete betrayal against them. We cared more about illegal immigrants than our citizens. We give more stuff away to illegal immigrants than we do our own people. We have trade surpluses that are running out of control and is hurting the American people. And Hillary Clinton wonders why she lost. When Democrats are more interested in identity politics and dividing us than taking the one thing that could unite us and pull us all together, and that's, that's by creating the economic incentives through the power of small government that allows us to live our dreams and pursue our lives in the ways that we best see it, and the way that we think we can do it, and the way that we can do things. I mean, the private sector has always done it better than the government, and it's historically proven that every time the government gets involved in these big programs, nothing good comes of it. It just costs more money, and now we're sitting on over, or nearly, $21 trillion in debt. And what do we have to show for it? We are spending money that future generations will have to pay, assuming there's a country left for them to pay for. Because once we go bankrupt, it's over. The only ones that will be left won't be the big state. It, <laughs> it won't be the red state. It won't be the federal government. It won't be the states. It will be the corporations that have all the money, and they'll become the states. And I don't think that's what any of us want. There are so many unintended consequences by big government liberalism. And the result was the people on November 8, 2016 said, we have had enough of feeling like everybody else is more important than us. And you take all of our money and you spread it around the globe and give it to people you, who, who didn't earn that money while we're suffering. Well, we're losing our homes, we're losing our jobs, we're losing our cars, we're losing our whole way of life, we're losing our morals and our values. So what's the result? Donald Trump. And yet they still just don't get it. Their idea is to go more liberal. Their ideas are to go harder left. Their ideas are to go more socialist, and they think that's going to solve their problems. And they wonder why Hillary Clinton lost. But here's the truth, folks. She knows why. Hillary Clinton absolutely knows why she lost. She just can't get herself to admit it. She's the greatest sore loser in the history of the United States.
for her to come out yesterday with all these talking points about all the things that were responsible for her losing other than the bad policies that she's embraced and her own bad, neglectful words. Well, folks, that's what's really deplorable. The real deplorable thing here is, is that Hillary Clinton rigged a primary and stole a primary in all likelihood. The DNC was hacked. She blames all the wrong people instead of her own staff that helped enable that to happen. Because remember, they tried to hack the RNC as well and they couldn't get through. And now the stories are coming out, and I, this could be a bombshell if it's true, that it's not the Russians at all. What are the Democrats going to do if it comes out that it was not the Russians? What if it was a mole inside their own organization who was so fed up with the fact that the system in the DNC primary was rigged? They predetermined the outcome, and they made sure that the person they wanted to win won. The problem is they couldn't do that at the national level. Oh, it's not that they didn't try. Remember the Project Veritas videos. Remember that they were finding all kinds of ways to try to get voters who were illegal voters in different places to come vote from, for her to skew it so she would win. People forget about those Project Veritas videos. And the truth of the matter is, no matter how much they want to condemn the creators of their video, it's them in their own words saying it. In their own words, not some concocted, made-up, third-party conspiracy theory. They were saying it in their own words, on video. There's another reason why they lost. People know that the system is rigged. People know that, well, it may not be rigged, but they know they're trying to rig it. And the fact of the matter is, we stood up as a country and we said enough. This whole Hillary Clinton had more votes than anybody else and she should have beat Bernie. She beat Bernie and Trump nonsense she spewed last week. Unbelievable. Like I said in an article last week, Hillary Clinton is the gift that keeps on giving. She just keeps coming back for more and every time she does it, she hurts herself. She damages any good reputation that she did have and she hurts the Democrat Party. Now, personally, I'm all for it. Keep coming, Hillary. I love it. Keep saying the stuff that you're saying. But the problem is for the Democrat Party, the more she does it, the more she alienates your party. The more she appeals only to the fringes of your party, she is going to disenfranchise and discourage Democrat voters because don't forget, they didn't like her to begin with. And the harder left that the Democrat Party pulls, the better off we as conservatives will be. Because as much as we have some issues right now in the Congress and, 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 and trying to get some things done, the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats is that Republicans, we don't coalesce around bad policy if, if somebody or a group of people in a big enough numbers feel the policy's bad. We don't just come around the policy and say, you know what, because we're Republicans, we're going to rubber stamp everything like the Democrats do. Because that's what Democrats do. They just, even when they don't agree, they just rubber stamp it and then they go out and defend it. Republicans don't do that. Republicans fight for what they believe. They work it out, and it takes time. 
Folks, our system of government was designed to take time. It wasn't designed to be on a fast track. It wasn't designed to do all, do all of this big stuff fast. It was designed to be deliberative, to fight for it, to argue it out, to come to consensus, and then vote on it. And this is what's got the Democrats in party. They vote in lockstep. They're extremists. They're liberals. They try to claim we are. Well, what we're trying to say is, you know what? We believe that if government's smaller, it unleashes the untapped potential for every American to live their dream if they want to. Big government just puts you in your box and says, this is who you are. This is all you're ever going to be. Here's your benefits. Now, we're going to compassionately let you live your life, but you don't ever get to be anything more than you are. And I ask you today, which one is more compassionate? Which one is more caring? That you would try to unleash the untapped potential of every person to live their dreams or that you would put them in their box and leave them there and say, here's your bennies. This is all you're ever going to get. So what's your opinion, my fellow deplorables? You know, is Hillary Clinton the gift that keeps on giving? Is she the great gift to the conservative cause? Is the liberal progressive socialist movement of the Democrat Party a blessing to those of us who believe in small government and the opportunity to unleash the potential of every individual to live their dream. What's your thoughts? I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a comment, and uh, if you're on Facebook, if you're on our website, you know, tell me what you think. And by the way, I did an interview yesterday with Pennsylvania Senator Ryan Ahmed, and we talked about the Opportunity Society. If you've got a great story of how you went from poverty or mediocrity and you were able to achieve your dreams i want to hear from you please reach out to me touch base with me i would love to hear your story i'd love to share your story and let the world know that there are people out there in america today who are living the dream and they're not billionaires and they're not multimillionaires, but they have everything they want and they have the opportunity to become everything they ever wanted to be so until tomorrow, again, I'm your host, Don Purdom. I will look forward to chatting with you then.